All right, my friends, welcome back to Your Bible Book by Book. I'm Pastor Luke, and this is the Book of Romans. Book of Romans begins a new section in the New Testament uh, that is called the uh, Pauline Epistles. And so Pauline Epistles uh, refers to, first of all, Paul, the Apostle Paul, uh, who, who wrote uh, letters, and the epistle means a letter. Uh, and so he's writing letters to uh, churches and individuals, and uh, by the inspiration of God, uh, by the Holy Spirit, he uh, writes uh, what uh, Peter uh, later refers to as Scripture. He, he actually, uh, in his letter, uh, talks about uh, uh, how people have uh, misunderstood the Scriptures um, and, uh, and as well as Paul's letters um, and kind of linking the two together. So Scripture generally um, in the New Testament is a reference to the Old Testament. Uh, or the law of the prophets, um, but uh, we have that that indication in the New Testament that uh, right away that the people who are receiving the letters understood that uh, what they were receiving was scripture. It was authoritative. It was the word of God, and so uh, Paul. Just a little bit uh, about him uh, generally in the letters generally before we get specifically into Romans. Um, Paul wrote seven um, to seven churches, uh, which is kind of interesting because uh, in the book of Revelation, uh, the apostle John also writes uh, the seven letters to the seven churches in uh, Revelation chapters two and three, which are uh, Jesus's words to the churches. So uh, that's an interesting uh, connection that we have. So Paul wrote uh, to seven uh, specific churches and uh, Rome being one of them, and uh, then Corinth, and uh, Galatia, Ephesus, Philippi, Colossae, Thessalonica, uh, the seven churches that he wrote to, and then uh, three individuals, uh, Philemon, and Timothy, and Titus. And so you'll see uh, later on that uh, in your New Testament that there are uh, two letters to uh, Timothy and one to Titus, Uh, and sometimes people get that confused that they think that those letters were written by Timothy or Titus or Philemon for that matter, um, but they're not. They are written to them. Those are the recipients. They are actually written uh, by Paul, and they are uh, a, a, a subsection of Paul's uh, letters, the Pauline epistles, which are called the pastoral letters. Um, and so Paul, just a little bit of background about him, he was a uh, Pharisee, and uh, he was a a persecutor of the church uh, before he was converted, before he uh, had an experience where uh, he uh, was uh, uh, approached by Christ, the risen Christ, uh, on the road to Damascus. And so uh, what happened with Paul is that he was, um, as a Pharisee and as somebody who was trained by Gamaliel, um, he was highly educated, he was very intelligent, he was a rising uh, authority within uh, Judaism in, in his day. Um, he was bec- gaining more and more power. He was gaining more and more influence. Um, and he, as a Pharisee, and, and sometimes we talk about Pharisees very negatively uh, because of uh, how Jesus um, condemned their legalism uh, in, in the New Testament, but the Pharisees as a whole were a group of uh, uh, re- very religious uh, Jewish people who, in the first century, who were really seeking to be perfect according to the law. They, they were 
uh, very interested in all the details of what it meant to obey God uh, according to exactly according to the law. And they were uh, doing the utmost that they could to, um, to not miss anything. Um, so Paul was a Pharisee, and uh, he was a rising figure in uh, that group. And so you can imagine that he was not only very, very uh, educated in the law, uh, but that he was also very uh, zealous for trying to keep uh, every aspect of the law that, that he understood. And, uh, and so he was uh, driven uh, because of his zeal for the law and for his, in some sense, his love for God um, to persecute the church because he believed that the church uh, was blaspheming, um, basically claiming that Jesus was the Messiah and uh, that uh, that he had a such a strong reaction to that that not only did he persecute the church in Jerusalem and Judea, but he actually began to go on uh, basically what we might say mission trips to persecute the church all over the world. He got letters from the leaders uh, to go and persecute the church in other lands, and he was on his way to do that um, and when he was on the road to Damascus, and uh, Jesus uh, appeared to him, and uh, and asked him why he was persecuting him. So, and that's his uh, major moment of of conversion. That Paul um, is knocked to the ground. He's blinded. He hears the voice, and uh, he responds to that um, by putting his faith in Christ. And then from that moment forward, as uh, Jesus continues to uh, ex- you know extend his grace to Paul. Paul becomes one of the greatest voices and one of the greatest uh, missionaries for the church uh, from that time forward. And so uh, Paul is included into and and, uh, grafted into the apostles' uh, ministry, and he begins to um, go around the world now as a missionary to spread the gospel. Um, And and what we'll see with Paul is that he'll give his life for that, um, and he'll go to prison multiple times, and he'll be uh, beaten uh, persecuted uh, severely, uh, but uh, he was uh, a very knowledgeable uh, person about the the uh, the law um, and about uh, the things of the Jewish faith, and that is an important thing because um, as Jesus reveals to Paul how he Jesus um, fulfills the law, Paul becomes the strongest and most clear voice for. Uh, how to be a Christian uh, as uh, as it respects grace and as it respects forgiveness and uh, as it respects uh, how Jesus fulfilled the law and there's no need to uh, for Gentiles especially to become Jewish in order to become saved uh, by Jesus Christ and so uh, the book of Romans um, is the first book in the uh, epistles the Pauline epistles. Um, probably for two reasons, okay? And so one reason is that uh, it is the, the greatest and the most, um, uh, it, it's the most comprehensive treatment of God's grace and of God's uh, uh, goodness and uh, of his righteousness. Um, it is, in a sense, the gospel, okay? It is the, the, the treatment of the fullness of who God is um, and how he saves us and all those things. 
are seen in the book of Romans in a way that uh, is really complete. Um, so that that is one reason why it's first, so to speak. But ultimately, the New Testament is arranged in um, kind of a weird way, at, at least as far as you know my opinion goes, which maybe doesn't account for much. But um, the, the, the letters are arranged like this. So uh, they're arranged in order of their length, basically, um, until you get to uh, some of the, the part twos of the books. So they're not arranged chronologically. They're not arranged according to when they were written necessarily. Uh, they're arranged according to how long they were. So Romans is the longest of Paul's letters, and so it appears first. 1 Corinthians is the second longest of Paul's letters, so it appears second. Um, and then uh, 2 Corinthians is uh, the third longest, so it, it appears third. But it would have appeared right after 1 Corinthians anyway because it's 1 and 2 Corinthians. Um, and, and so on and so forth. And so the, the letters are arranged by order of how long they are, uh, not necessarily by when they were written um, or thematically or in any other way. Uh, and then you get to the end of Paul's letters, and then you start over with the, the length and the general epistles, which begins with the book of Hebrews, which is the longest of the general epistles. And they're general because they were written by different authors, and they were also written to more uh, a general uh, audience. They weren't written specifically to a church. They were written for the whole church. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, but... Um, that's kind of how the, the, the books of the New Testament are arranged in, and in one sense, but the Gospels don't follow that pattern. Uh, they're, they're arranged a little bit differently. Um, so it, it's interesting um, to note, uh, it probably doesn't matter too much. Okay, We're not going to get into uh, all those things uh, in great detail. Um, but also the, the timing we're not going to get into too much. The, what you need to know about uh, all the, the books of the New Testament, they were written between about 48, 49 um, A.D., or the first century, uh, mid-first century, to about 95 A.D. So they were all written within uh, about a 50-year uh, time span. They're all written uh, in the first century by eyewitnesses of Jesus, who either uh, lived during his ministry or were uh, converted shortly after his resurrection. Um, but they're all written by first-hand account uh, people of the New Testament. Um, and so there's a, you know, a little bit of distinction that uh, uh, some of the books were written maybe in the late 50s and some were written in the early 60s or mid-60s. Um, but those those dates are really not that significant um, in and of themselves, other than the fact that what you will find in the books of the, the letters, especially, is that uh, the time and place of the author is going to, in some ways, inform or impact um, the, the message. Um, so Paul's going to write letters from prison. Uh, that's going to impact some of the, the verbiage that he uses. Uh, some of the letters are written, um, and especially we'll, we'll just get into Romans. Uh, the book of Romans was written uh, to Rome. Paul had never gone to Rome. He'd never visited Rome at that point in his life. Um, he is actually writing from uh, Corinth. And, and it's, those things are a little bit um, important to understand that when Paul writes a, a letter to a church, obviously he's not 
in that location when he writes that letter. Um, so he's not in Rome when he's writing to Rome, obviously. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, he's, but he, what we do find or what we understand from the book of Acts is we have a lot of information about where Paul was, where he traveled, how he went from one place to another, and that kind of thing, and how long he spent in different places. And so we can kind of put those pieces together to understand where he was most likely uh, when he wrote certain letters. And what we think is that Paul was in Corinth when he wrote to the, the Romans. Um, and why that's important is because Corinth was a, a very uh, hedonistic and um, immoral city. And so Paul, having spent a significant amount of time in Corinth, um, I think is going to have, in some ways, if you can say it this way, some inspiration uh, for writing uh, the book of Romans from that city because the first three chapters of Rome or Romans um, is about the inherent sinfulness of man. Uh, and Paul goes into great detail about the inherent sinfulness of man. Now, uh, the point that Paul is making uh, when he's talking about the sinfulness of man is, is really he's highlighting uh, not man so much as God. He's making the distinction between God and man that God is righteous and holy, and man is fundamentally sinful. Um, but he goes to great lengths to prove how sinful man is um, and how, how basically lost man is without God and without faith in God. Uh, man is completely uh, lost in his own sinful nature. Um, and so what do you see in Romans is this, um, th- this unfolding of the gospel that is begins with how sinful man is, but really that's that's really to get you to the conclusion that we need God. And so uh, the book of Romans has um, the the what we call the Romans road uh, contained within it. It's the Romans road of salvation uh, that you can basically um, lead someone to an understanding of uh, what it means to be saved, be lost, and then saved uh, through uh, the specific passages in Rome very quickly, very simply, very easily. And, and so the Romans' road of salvation is uh, begins in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, uh, which is the basic conclusion of the first three chapters that uh, man is, is, is lost, is sinful, and uh, that that's every human being throughout history all over the world, uh, that man is sinful, and it falls short. No matter how hard we try, we all fall short of God's glory. We can't ever achieve it. Paul, that was such an important issue for Paul because um, he was misled or misunderstood uh, in earlier in his life as a Pharisee, thinking that he could achieve perfection, that if he just tried hard enough, that he would eventually, that he would be able to be perfect according to his own uh, ability, his own strength, and his own uh, will to follow the law. Well, and what he concludes is that that, that was impossible. It would, never was going to happen. It couldn't happen. Um, it, it's, it's not something man can do. And then, so Romans 3.23 leads to Romans uh, 6.23, which is for the wages of sin is death. And so what is the conclusion of the, the reality that we have all sinned is that the, what we've earned from that is separation from God. Romans 5, 8, 
says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, So God has paid uh, the price. He has done something for us that we couldn't do for ourselves, that the Messiah, Christ, and, and the word Messiah and the word Christ are the same meaning. They both mean Messiah or anointed one. Uh, Messiah is the Jewish or the Hebrew, uh, and Christ is the Greek, but they both basically, they're the same exact thing. Uh, so Christ, or the Messiah, died for us. And then Romans 6.23, uh, the second half of 6.23 is, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, and so what we have is something we couldn't earn, uh, but God is willing, and more than willing, uh, to give it to us as a gift that we have uh, salvation through the name of Christ. And so Romans 10, 9, and 10, and 13, um, those passages tell us how to get that salvation. And it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then it says in verse 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so we have the promises uh, that God's given that if you receive Christ, then you will, in receiving Christ, you will receive forgiveness of sins, and you'll receive God's righteousness, and you'll receive eternal life. You'll receive salvation. Uh, and so the, the book of Romans um, obviously is um, so much more complex and, and gives so much more depth and detail um, of the, the whole gospel than those five passages that, that I just read. Uh, but uh, what it essentially is trying to get to is the same conclusion, uh, that uh, when you understand that God is righteous and you understand how that man is sinful, uh, then there's a response that is necessary, which is to uh, seek after, to call upon, uh, to receive Christ for salvation. And that, that's what uh, the book of Romans, is. that's what the whole Bible is, is really ultimately about. Uh, but Romans gives us uh, a very um, in-depth treatment of it. Sometimes it's so in-depth, uh, it can be a little bit hard to comprehend or understand. Paul is um, very learned. He's, he's a genius, uh, and he's, he's going to expound on things that in the book of Romans that sometimes can be hard to wrap your mind around. Um, it, but uh, ultimately, um, as you read and study it, um, you come to these basic conclusions of your sinfulness and your need for Christ and and the fact that God has provided that. So what Paul does in Romans, and he does in most of his letters, is he, he gives a theological background uh, in the first half. And I say half, it's not literally half, but it, it can be um, the first portion of his letter. is going to be a theological background. It's going to be a, a treatment of who God is, um, and the, the rationale of God's character and his nature. Um, and then at some halfway point uh, in the letter, he's going to turn from the theological issues, the study of God issues, to the practical issues of how it applies to the, the believer. In Romans, that happens really significantly in chapter 12, um, where Paul begins to really expound on how to apply um, everything that you, you've been learning about the nature of God. Um, and so in that passage, you're going to see um, some, of, some of our most favorite uh, quotes in Scripture, um, which is, you know, that Paul says, uh, do not be conformed uh, to 
this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, and, and the things that he's saying about being a living sacrifice uh, are in chapter 12, and, and he continues on with those practical expressions that uh, there's something to be done uh, with all that you have learned and received, that the Christian life is not simply a matter of uh, believing something and then not living it, um, but it, there's a changed life that results, that uh, it is imperative that we, we seek to live out uh, the truths and the realities that uh, have been uh, so graciously given to us uh, through the gospel. Uh, and so that's, that's uh, one of his um, forceful uh, treatments. That, and I think it's important because uh, he does expound on the, the gift of grace so much that uh, that can be taken, taken in a wrong way to basically say, well, I, I don't have to do anything with this. And, and I think Paul is very um, clear about that back and forth of we receive grace as a gift, but we also have uh, the responsibility to then um, to use that grace uh, to live a life that honors God. And so the uh, book of Romans um, is the first and probably the most complete treatment of that. Um, but as we continue through Pauli, Paul's letters, uh, the Pauline epistles, uh, we're going to see how he dives into some specific areas uh, that, that we all need and that the church definitely uh, has benefited from uh, for 2,000 years. And so that is your Bible, book by book. I hope that you'll read the book of Romans sometime soon.